0: Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pack Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By, and I'm so thrilled to be with you tonight. What an incredible show we've got planned for you. And what I want to say is so many people have said to me, wow, you know, this year, this 2010 that we're looking at, um, what does it really mean, if anything at all? And why are so many people so eager to move beyond 2009? You know, what is it that's kind of going on in the energy of thing in the stream of things, in the many things that we do? One of the things that I love is getting to talk to some of the people that I get to talk to each and every day. And today's show is a show that I've been waiting for. I, mean, I don't know that I've ever been able to talk with someone, someone like my guest James Connor, advertising agency CEO by day and Buddhist in training by night. You know, what does it mean to have both sides of those things working either parallel or in conflict with each other? And so this successful CEO is joining us tonight because we are talking about, you know, what does it mean to take the level of marketing, customer service, how do we build in some of the principles of what some people call enlightenment into the days that we have each and every day of building businesses, you know what is it that James Conner has has discovered? And by the way, you know what is his new message, if there is a new message. Well, he's joining us here tonight on the show. I got a ton of questions for him and I'm sure you do as well. James, I want to welcome you to the Dr. Pat show.
1: I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: You have been a busy busy guy, so to speak. I've got to ask you a simple question. You know, given what I've just said about you, and, and I almost I, I just just a sneak preview of of your life. What have been some of the challenges and obstacles that you've had to overcome to get you to enact the vision that you're enacting today?
1: Well, in, in terms of uh, you know, everybody has to prioritize what they want to do in their life, and so what I found out is that if I just gave up some very basic things. I could open my life up to all kinds of possibilities. And uh, frankly, one of the easiest things to do was just simply I gave up watching television and I gave up reading the paper. And I found that I had four and a half hours in my life back that I could do whatever I wanted to do with it. And what I decided to do with it was uh, you know work harder in a business that I founded and owned, um, but also study with Buddhist masters to learn exactly what they were teaching in the Tibetan monasteries.
0: So when we think about what you've been able to incorporate in business and business principles, did you ever in your wildest dreams imagine that you would be where you are today and have the message that you have?
1: Well, certainly not. I mean, when I, when I started studying uh, with Buddhist masters way back in 1999, um, at that time, I was just trying to look and how could I improve my own life. Uh, I had started a business three years earlier, and uh, while it was going well, it was an awful lot of work, and I was struggling in it. So I was looking for a little bit of a business edge, and what I realized, if I could just focus on any problem that I faced, I could solve it. But I needed somebody to teach me really how to focus very clearly. And so I found Buddhist masters who had the best meditative concentration and asked them to teach me their techniques so I could use that to solve problems in my own life and then ultimately problems for other people.
0: You know, James, You know, I'm, I'm sitting and I'm listening to you and I'm just thinking, wow, isn't this what we really need right now in business? Isn't this... Idea and let me just, you know, use my own language of a, of a Buddhist moment in business. Isn't this sort of an infusion that I think most businesses might be able to use and use well if they understood it or am I being an idealist?
1: No, you, you, you've really put your finger on something, Dr. Pat. You know, I, I've been in business for 20 years. I've owned my own business for 14 years and there is only one mistake in business. Everything else is just a variation of it. And it's seeing the world from your perspective, not from your customer's perspective. And so all we have to do to fix what's happening in the American business cycle right now is be much more sensitive about how the customer sees the world and really meet their unmet needs. Much of the financial chaos that we've had it's because people have been too selfish, too much focusing on their own needs, and not focusing on the people that they serve.
0: What do you believe, James, what do you believe is sort of the, the roadblock that – and I, I just want to focus on senior management for the moment. What do you think a roadblock might be to having them, you know, go back to what most of us learn in business, which is a basic, about the customers? What do you think is preventing them from getting consensus on paying attention to customer needs?
1: Well, there's absolutely nothing that's preventing them, and that's mm-hmm. the exciting thing. And I think American business is going to reinvent itself very quickly, particularly since it's going to be driven by small businesses. And you and I both know, and many of your listeners know, that 99.9% of the businesses in America, those 27 million businesses out there, are all run, are businesses that have under 500 employees. And 62% of those are under 20 employees. And so these are businesses that are largely run by families, they're largely run by entrepreneurs, they're run with their own money, but they're run with their own passion. They have a passion to create a product, they have a passion to deliver a service, and they really want to do something that's going to help people. And I think you're going to watch these businesses totally be the new engine for the new economy. And I bet it's going to be a much more customer-focused economy.
0: I have to tell you, it's so really great to be speaking with you, James. I've been so looking forward to this conversation uh, tonight because I think the more we can infuse the messages that are coming out over the airwaves with hope, but yet hope in positive action, uh, you know, I don't know. I get a a sense that we are on the verge of so many unlimited possibilities. What have you, what have you sensed out there?
1: I totally agree with you. And, and I was really excited to be with you today because, you know, all year long in the face of the economic crisis, I've watched how you've been doing your sort of pay it forward campaign.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: How you've been getting people to give. How you've been getting people to have a generous spirit. Now, here's the really interesting thing for me. When you look inside the Tibetan monasteries, they have a whole group of teachings that's called the perfection of giving teachings. And these teachings are all about how do you create prosperity in a country? How do you create individual prosperity? And it's all about how whenever you get into a culture of fear, And whenever an individual gets scared and tries to and gets worried about themselves, it creates this very quick downward spiral. And all you have to do to reverse that is each of us just be generous in our own lives with whatever we have. If it be time that we have to give to others, Mm -hmm. if it is a little money that we have to give to others, if it's just a little help that we have to give to others. Anything that can reverse that cycle of fear creates a climate of prosperity
0: for you. I love and this, James. You. I love this. And we're going to talk about this when we come back. Because for those of you out there that are in the sales and marketing field, what is it that you should know about this idea of giving? You know, what is it about James Connor that really sets him apart? And his book, The Perfection of Marketing, is just that. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show and my amazing guest, James Connors.
2: For our dogs and cats to live long and happy lives just like people, they are what they eat wellness carefully selects wholesome ingredients to create food you can trust to provide the foundation of your pet's well-being true wellness means every ingredient has a purpose in every recipe they make you can trust the quality of all ingredients in wellness from their source to your pet's bowl visit wellnesspetfood.com to find a pet specialty retailer near you wellness natural food for pets this is where true wellness begins Reach your full potential and increase energy with the superfood of the Inca, Maka Magic. Maka naturally balances hormones, relieves symptoms of PMS, menopause, and erectile dysfunction. Maka increases energy, stamina, and endurance without caffeine. Visit macaroot.com. That's M-A-C-A root.com. Call 541-846-6222. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you tired or struggling to get to where you want to be in your life? Want some help getting to that next level? Hi, I'm Dr. Melody Ivory, personal growth expert and passionate champion of your complete success. I'm excited to give you powerful books, teas, and coaching to help you easily transform your life from the inside out. Now is the time to make your life sing. Visit melodyivory.com for free articles, poetry, and affirmations. That's melodyivory.com. Are you feeling a little lost? Powerless to overcome your challenges? Dawn Stansfield is a compassionate healer and intuitive messenger who focuses on your self-empowerment by examining current-day circumstances, whether they are past, present, or future. She offers practical tools to help you overcome difficult situations and move forward in your life path. For a private consultation, contact Dawn today at 425-453-8180 or visit dawnsvision.com.
0: Wow, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And James Conner joining me here today. Advertising agency, CEO by day, Buddhist in training by night. But what the heck does all that mean? You know, how has this, how has this individual's life Taking a turn for the better for all of us, actually. So we're not only going to talk about, you know, what makes him sort of prominent in the work that he does, but also the journey and the opening and the parallels that he lives in his life and why they're so important. You know, do you feed the soul or does the soul feed your life? James, thank you so much for joining me here today. I actually want to explore the question of do we feed the soul or does the soul feed our lives? by talking with you about what you've created in the Arizona desert. I mean, you apparently have a three-year silent retreat. Could you please give our listeners a little insight as to, first of all, what a silent retreat is, and wow, three years.
1: Sure. Um, let me see. I, I have been studying uh, you know, at the feet of Buddhist lamas for at almost 12 years now. And at the end of your 12 years, if your teacher um, feels that you're going to become the next mama to become the lineage holder, you typically go off and do a three-year silent meditation retreat. So my fiance and I, uh, we have both been studying for a long time. And we're both going to go, at the end of 2010, out into the Arizona desert. We've built a cabin secretly away in the Chiricahua Mountains and we'll do a three-year, three-month, three-day silent meditation retreat.
0: So what does that mean for our listeners that may not have heard this before? Um, you know, for me, I'm going to take it literally, that means that there are three years, three months, and three days where you will not speak to another human being.
1: Correct. We'll, um, I mean, your listeners are probably familiar with uh, Gandhi's teaching, very famous yes. teaching where he says... Uh, be the change you want to see in the world. Yes. So my fiancé and I, we're putting that to the ultimate test. We both want to see a more peaceful, loving world. So we're going to stop our ordinary lives and go off and meditate on our own for three years. And we won't have any contact with the outside world. We won't speak. We won't even speak to each other. We'll just be meditating on putting peace in our minds and love in our hearts. And then we'll come out and we'll see what kind of world we experience.
0: Mm. Is there preparation, uh, James, for the journey? And, you know, I asked that question because, first of all, it was an interesting question that came from your folks. But I love the idea of preparation. I also love the idea that there are some things in life you cannot prepare for, But I also like the idea that we are already prepared for everything. So I wanted to get your take on what preparation for this journey, what preparation for life in general means to you. Well,
1: I've noticed that everything is cause and effect. Hmm. If I want to create certain outcomes, I need to plant certain seeds. They don't ripen immediately, but they ripen in the future.
0: You know, when we think about planting a seed every day, I think most of us get to plant seeds. Um, I, I wanted to ask you uh, about this idea of intention because we can plant a seed that perhaps is not for the betterment of ourselves or our businesses or mankind in general. Or we can plant seeds that are for those things. How do you help us learn how to be more mindful of the seeds we plant?
1: Mm, that's, that's a great question. The first question you have to honestly answer is how is it that we can have six billion people on this planet and every single one of us has a different experience of the world? And what I think you'll find when you explore that is you'll find that The world is different for each of us because of how we treat others. And once you realize that there's a connection between what you're experiencing today and how you treated others yesterday, you become very mindful of what your intentions are. And as long as you always put others first, you'll always be planting good seeds, which will be forced to ripen in good results and it Mm. becomes this beautiful upward spiral where everything in your life starts to get better, whether it is your relationships, whether it is your success in business, whether it is the quality of your mind or the people that you are around. It is a very exciting journey.
0: I love the idea of being on an exciting journey. Some people would say that um, the journey that most of us were on last year was exciting, but not in a, a let's call it a, a more enlightened way. And yet others say that it's all good. And I wanted to get, you know, from your perspective, uh, James, and, and not just from a business point of view, but from sort of an enlightenment point of view, how would you categorize 2009?
1: Well, for myself, it was a very interesting year of preparation. You know, I, I knew that we had this three year retreat coming up. And so two key things, uh, had to happen to make that happen for me. Um, one, I had to, uh, sell my business and I had to give away everything that I own so I wouldn't be attached anymore to the world. So that was a very interesting process. To go from being, you know, a New York City CEO uh, with a lot of money to uh, being somebody with no money anymore. And it was interesting to watch my mind grasp, grasp to the old identity, but then to discover how much happier I was when I could free myself from that identity. Mm. The other uh, thing I did as a preparation was I wanted to give away. All the marketing knowledge that uh, I had. In fact, the detailed marketing playbook that the James Group has used to create category leading brands uh, over the last 12 years. And so that was the purpose in writing The Perfection of Marketing to give all that knowledge away so that small and mid sized businesses could grow and create jobs for other Americans.
0: And we're going to talk about this because, you know, what I love is that what you have given away, and you you really referenced earlier in the show the theme that the Dr. Pacho is based on, and from day one we had a gift-a-day program, James, from day one. And some people would look at what we were doing and just say, oh, that's because she's never done radio before. She doesn't have a clue about what she's doing. And what I want to talk to you about is the perfection of marketing, the book we're referencing, and we're actually going to give some copies away today. You know, how much of what you've learned, how much of what you're actually living right now, from a giving point of view, is important in business?
1: It's everything. It is the sole cause of business success. And it starts in a very simple way. You know, people get confused with their marketing. The reason they get confused with the marketing is there's usually a 100 things that you can say about a company's products and services, and absolutely none of them matter. The only thing that matters is how does your company match the unmet need of the customer? Do you understand that little movie of unmet needs playing in your customer's mind? We call it the sales moment. That's all you have to bottle. That's all you have to market. And so it's an act of generosity to stop thinking from your perspective and stand 100% in your customer's point and shoes and look at their point of view and say, how do they see the world? What do they need? Let me be that.
0: That is, for me, James, that is so refreshing to hear you say that because from my perspective, I starting a radio show, and honestly, I think you know the story, I dialed a wrong phone number. I didn't wake up one day and say I wanted to do radio. I didn't even know it was possible. But I, I clearly positioned myself on the other side of the coin initially to find out what it would like to be an advertiser and so what I want to talk with you about when we come back from break is I want to talk with you about what does it truly mean to understand that sales moment and then how do you position yourself from a business perspective to build that brand, to build that business through that moment. Uh, I want to tell you I've got James Conner joining me here today. The book is The Perfection of Marketing. A CEO's Guide to Building a Brand and Driving Sales in Three Steps. We are giving copies of this book away to you all out there. Ivan will take your call. It's toll-free, 877-242-8212. That's toll-free right now, 877 242 8212. Just dial into the show. Ivan will pick the phone up and he'll make it happen. For more information about James, more information about the book, more information about all of the things that he just talked about, you can go to perfectionofmarketing.com. Perfectionofmarketing.com. And go to drpatlive.com. When we come back, do we even know what it means to position the brand. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with James Conner on the Dr. Pat Show. The proceeding has been a paid program. All opinions
2: expressed during the program are those of the hosts and participants.
1: To the max.
0: Wow. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And as I said before, I'm your host, Dr. Pat Basilli. For more information about us, just go check out our website. Sign up for the newsletter. Uh, very easy to do. Go to drpatlive.com, drpatlive.com. and From there, you're going to be able to see some of our other websites, our just incredible crustbusting.com website or drpatsgreenchallenge.com. Um, for more information about my guest, I'm going to make it very easy and especially for you to find out more about the book. You can go to theperfectionofmarketing.com. Theperfectionofmarketing.com. We are still giving away copies of the book. 877-242-8212. It's dial right in your toll free. And if you have questions, please let us know. We'll certainly bring you on board for those questions, uh, 877-242-8212. James, I can't thank you enough for joining us here today and joining the show. Uh, I wanted to ask you, there's so much in the book that we could talk about. I wanted to ask you, if you had to sort of you, you know, create uh, in capsule form uh, some of the, the real high points for people listening to the show that want to be successful in the businesses that they're in, where would they begin and what two or three things would you ask them to do now?
1: Well, the first thing is there's three simple steps that every business has to take to be successful in its marketing. And the first one is you have to position the brand around the sales moment. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. Okay. The second, you have to roll out your brand consistently at every customer touch point. And in the book, there's detailed methods on how to do that. The third one is you have to understand the value, the lifetime value of your customer, in order to create return on investment. And if there's uh, one thing that I notice with most small and mid-sized businesses they don't understand what a lifetime relationship is worth with a customer. And when I say lifetime relationship with the customer, maybe it's only three years, maybe it's only five years with a particular customer. Um, But you need to be able to calculate that, and we have a simple, simple formula for how to calculate that in the book. But circling back to that first idea, how do you position the brand around the sales moment? Sometimes it's easiest to talk about real-life examples.
0: Okay, yes.
1: So there's a company, and the name of the company is Garage Tech, and they've become the leader in garage organizing systems, not only in America, but in the world. And this was a project that we worked on uh, way back in 2001. And the interesting things about these guys is they had a great idea Uh, They were Harley-Davidson guys.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Their idea was to create a really cool garage to work in where you could get the stuff off the floor and you could put it up up on the wall, and it was going to be a custom garage. It was going to be really cool. So they were seeing the world from their perspective. In fact, they sold franchises to other Harley-Davidson kind of guys, and they were going to NASCAR rallies and advertising and Sports Illustrated, etc. But if you're going to make an $8,000 home improvement decision, who makes that decision, husband or wife?
0: The wife.
1: Guaranteed it's the wife.
0: I'm just telling you about it.
1: <laughs> the husband has no say whatsoever.
0: Even if the husband shows up as the face, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like do. it's his idea. Clearly we know who made the decision, right, James? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Now, what does that wife want from a garage?
0: Well, you know, I could tell you what I want, and it certainly wouldn't be Harley Davidson's face, although I am a Harley girl.
1: Yeah, it, it wouldn't be that at all. What we found no. when we did the customer interviews was women just wanted it clean. Yes. That's all they wanted. So now I know everything about the sales moment I need to know. I, it needs to be women and it needs to be clean. Mm. and So we marketed it as the world's cleanest garage. Now, we come back into the Harley-Davidson guys and we're like, sorry, it's no more NASCAR and bike shows, it's, <laughs> it's Martha Stewart and home shows. <laughs> and of course, they were not, not happy about that. But I explained to them, you and your business have made a simple mistake. You're seeing the world from your perspective not from your customer's perspective, and the little movie that's playing in the mind of America, particularly women, is I don't have a way to create a clean garage. They created a product that was the world's cleanest garage and the thing went through the roof. That's what we mean by the sales moment.
0: Can I ask you so that our listeners, you know, listening to the show, get a sense of, you know, what a presentation like that looks like, what was some of the feedback when you presented the option to them? Uh, I'm sure there was. it was an interesting conversation.
1: Well, as I recall it, they threw things. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, You know, I, I know what you're saying, because what you presented was probably so outside of their frame of reference. It was a new paradigm for them.
1: Sure. You know, and, and this happens with every business. So it, it's not mm. just garage Tech. And, and by the way, Mark Schumann, who's the founder of GarageTech, deserves all the success that he's had because he had the courage to recognize he needed to make the change. And when he did, he embraced it fully. He got all his franchisees on board, and they uh, became colossally successful. Um, but we see this again and again with businesses is we're so used to looking at the world from our perspective that we really don't understand what the customers want. So what we do is step one in any marketing process, we do anonymous phone interviews with actual customers, one-on-one interviews in which we say, you know, what was the problem you were trying to solve? What was it that you were looking for? How would you explain this product to a friend? And very quickly, We can see what the sales moment was, why they slid a check across the table, why they swiped their credit card, and that's all we need to do to
2: bottle it
0: when organizations work with you or the advice, by the way, that you presented in The Perfection of Marketing and you really lay this out wonderfully, um, you know, how does the brand name factor in? And the reason I'm asking this is because I went through a brand name switch in 2007. The show wasn't the Dr. Pat show, but Thank goodness Benny started to call me Dr. Pat and the listeners started to call it the Dr. Pat Show and we basically said, okay, end of the old name, now the new name. Um, But for a lot of businesses, that would be a difficult thing to do. Did I make a good decision here, James?
1: (laughs) You made a great
0: decision. And,
1: and, And lots of businesses have to face this decision. And the only reason to change the name of a company, a product, or service, is if you think you can make more money. Mm -hmm. That would be the only reason to change the name. Now, the only reason you would change the name is because the name doesn't match your customer's sales moment. So again, let me give you examples, because the examples are sometimes easier. Um, We worked with a company that was a toy manufacturing company. They had an expertise in mind-challenging games. They named their company Binary Arts. Does Binary Arts sound like a toy company? No. Okay.
0: It was... No, I mean, you actually gave me a hot flash when you said it. <laughs> <Yeah>. it <laughs> I was thinking it's really a little technical.
1: Yeah, it, it, it was an inside joke for them. But what happened is this company had made some of the greatest mind challenging games that we saw in the last decade. There's a, co- mm. a, a toy called Rush Hour where you try to get this little taxi cab uh, out of a traffic jam. And it sold something like 20 million units worldwide. I mean, this is a very successful company. Um, but what we said to them is you specialize in mind-challenging games. Your customers come to you for mind-challenging games. So we need to name your company ThinkFun.
0: Oh, that's so much better. I mean, you know, for me... I, it just, I don't know, it feels better, I guess. It's on the
1: sales moment. And we mm. relaunched the company at the 100th anniversary of Toy Fair in New York City. Steve Riggio, the CEO of Barnes & Noble, walks, walks into the Javits Center and he sees a big, huge banner that says, Think Fun, Mind Challenging Games, Everybody Plays. And Steve Riggio has an epiphany. I've got smart customers at Barnes & Noble. They need mind-challenging games. He goes, finds them, they cut a deal, and now there's a think fund Center in nearly every Barnes & Noble in America.
0: That's incredible.
1: Sales moment. That's what the sales moment does for you.
0: D- can businesses, James, on their own come up with the kinds of changes you're referring to? I mean, can can they do that um, on their own, or is it important to bring in a third party to help facilitate the process? I mean, clearly for me, my listeners and my producer were my uh, facilitator, so to speak. I mean, I had to get used to the idea of being called Dr. Pat. That was not a comfortable thing for me to do, and I did. And I haven't looked back since. But Some companies sort of need a little extra help, and when we come back from break, I want to talk with you about what companies can do on their own, what kind of help is out there for them, and one of my favorite conversations, the tagline. How to create a tagline that sticks, a tagline with Spark, and can you do this to create an incredible business brand? We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio 2 Thrive By. And I'm your host, as I said before, for more information about the show, to sign up for the newsletter, and be the first to find out about all the really cool things going on, go to drpatlive.com. Yes, We have finally come up with our tagline for the year, and I'm actually going to say it to see what James has to say about it. Maybe I can get some pointers. Our tagline for the Dr. Pat Show, and every year we come up with a new one, is Thriving Again in 2010. Of course, you know this is Talk Radio to Thrive by James Conner joining us here today. James, thank you so much for joining the show. We're going to be talking about one of my most favorite things, the tagline. So thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you very much for having
2: me.
0: Taglines, how important are they? I think many of us, you know, have really adapted to things like just do it and some of the other, you know, taglines that are out there. But a lot of companies that are prominent companies, not all of them have taglines that are memorable. What can you help us with along those lines?
1: Sure. The important thing to say is that marketing at this point, brand marketing, it's a light switch. Do Mm -hmm. this, don't do that. It's actually such a well-defined science at this point that there's never a point in my day where I'm actually making a decision. So One of the things that I wanted to do with the perfection of marketing is look at all the best practices that there are out there and then codify them into simple steps that any business can follow. So for instance, there's only been three types of taglines in the history of advertising that have both built brand and created sales. So when a client comes to us and says, can you help us with a tagline? Once we identify the sales moment, we know that there's only three types of taglines that we should be brainstorming around to try to create because those are the ones that have worked. So, for instance, uh, there's promise taglines. That's the first type of tagline. and that's, Okay. And that's when you offer, you know, you make a promise about your product. So GE might say, we bring good things to life. Very famous tagline, right? Yes. And the next type of tagline is a call to action tagline that's like when you have a philosophy and you're encouraging people to join you. And so, Nike, of course, says, just do it. Mm. Uh, and then there's memory taglines, and this is something that locks up with the name or the logo. So, Maybelline says, maybe she's born with it, maybe it's Maybelline.
2: Mm.
1: And it helps you remember that brand. So, taglines are very important. But there's only three types of taglines that have both built brand and created sales. So if your company doesn't have one of those three types of taglines, chances are you're missing a real marketing opportunity.
0: and don't you think, James also understanding what each of those three types really means um, you know and 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 it doesn't it also then go back to the sales moment as well? you know if I think I heard you correctly in saying, if you have a tagline, that doesn't really touch back or tap into the sales moment, then it's almost like you're not aligned. There's a misalignment, so to speak.
1: You understood it perfectly. Very good.
0: So let me ask you about my, a company I worked for for a long time, and I loved one of the AT&T brands, the whole reach out and touch brand. Can I ask you, I mean, emotionally, that line uh, coupled with some, you know, great television stuff stayed in people's minds and hearts. When AT&T went through divestiture and everything changed, what was the dilemma for them in the rebranding that came thereafter? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, you know, sometimes companies make bad decisions <laughs> only because they think they should make a decision. mm. And uh reach out and touch somebody Yeah, was the sales moment. That's mm. the only reason you pick up the phone and make a long-distance phone call. So perhaps they should revive that campaign because that was truly wonderful.
0: You know, people are still using that tagline. <laughs> I mean, there are many people that don't get that that tagline doesn't really... <laughs> exist for the company anymore. I mean, you know, that is a tagline that almost took, and and, you know, you know this, and I know this, when, you know, shows like Saturday Night Live start to spoof about it, you know you've got something hot, right? Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) You know, when it becomes part of the culture, the culture is advertising for you.
0: How much does the pop culture right now really determine, predict, or let's say guide advertising? And I say pop culture culture because, you know, I'm really talking about sort of the rave that's out there now that has to do with the generation of onlookers, celebrity status kinds of things. you know what I mean?
1: I do. uh, And we generally keep our clients away from it. Okay. Because human beings are hardwired to pay attention to their needs. So you want to just go back to what is their unmet need. When you identify their unmet need, that's what you want to talk about. And most of us just get caught up in the celebrity gossip culture simply because we're bored and we're nervous and we don't have anything better to do. That isn't a really great sales moment. Mm. So go back to traditional value. Go back to deep emotional human need and be that.
0: Wow. Who are the leaders right now, James, if I could ask you in your your opinion? Who are the leaders? Who are the people that have really continued to make their mark regardless of what was going on in the economy?
1: Well, you know, it's obvious. It's companies that understand the sales moment. Mm -hmm. No company on the planet understood the sales moment better than Google. Uh-huh. I mean, you, you could see it. Google didn't invent the search engine. Yahoo was well ahead ahead of them. But Google understood that all people wanted to do when they got to that web page was search. So they didn't clutter it up with content. Whereas if you go to Yahoo and now Bing, it's a mess.
0: And I know. I can't even real-time. use them. I know. I can't even use either one of those, and I got a brand-new computer, and I had to have three people to help me get the Bing thing off it.
1: <laughs> it's not on the sales moment. Mm. And you would say, my God, it's just such a simple sales moment. How could I build the, the greatest capitalized company in the history of the world? Yeah. Well, it's simply because no company has understood the sales moment clearer than Google.
0: And continues to, correct? And continues
1: to, with a discipline. They don't clutter up that homepage because they know that all people want to do is search. They give people what they want, and in return, they're able to do things like AdWords, et cetera.
0: James, do you have any up-and-coming companies, so to speak, from a branding point of view, that maybe are not yet quite in the mainstream, but, you know, folks to kind of be on the lookout for?
1: Well, Again, we're dealing with small and mid-sized businesses. Exactly. So the companies that, that I look at, I try to find companies that I think have a really unique service offering. So one of the companies that I'm really excited about right now is a company called Bride Design. And bridedesign.com sells wedding flowers. But what they've done is they realized, you may not be aware, but... uh mm-hmm. of the roses that are in this country are actually grown in Colombia. Mm. Now, what happens is you typically have to put the roses on a boat. The roses end up in Miami. They end up on trucks. They end up on wholesalers. They end up in florists. By the time you get your wedding flowers, they're nearly 10 days old. So this company said, hey, let's partner with FedEx. Let's go right to the flower fields of Columbia, and when you place an order for wedding flowers, we're going to cut the wedding flowers specifically for your wedding. And then we'll create the handcrafted arrangements there. We'll put it in the box. We'll FedEx to the bride overnight, and she'll have the freshest, most affordable wedding flowers she could possibly have.
0: That's brilliant.
1: That's a game changer in the wedding industry.
0: So That's we're brilliant. With them
1: right now, and, uh, they handled over 3,000 weddings in the U.S. in the last couple of years. We're excited about this company.
0: But that's the kind of thing that you talk about. I mean, that's the kind of, um, you know, innovation. That's the kind of marketing. That's the kind of message that you point out to in the perfection of marketing, really looking at that sales moment and saying, wow, there's a need here. We can fill it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a clear example of the sales moment. Uh, Brides are paying too much for wedding flowers. Now enormous. they enormous 40% on wedding flowers by going to bridedesign.com. By going to bridedesign.com, they're also getting flowers that are going to be weeks fresher than what they could possibly get elsewise. And so their flowers last after their wedding.
0: I love it. James, thank you so much for a fabulous show. Thank you for putting this book in my hands, in the hands of my listeners. And I am so encouraged by not just what you had to say, but what you're about to do. And much love to you on your your, your journey. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, and I wish you continued success.
0: Right back at you, and much love to you and you and your fiancé on your journey. Everyone out there, Make sure that you recognize that there is a journey to take and you have a divine birthright to it. Say yes, make it happen. We'll see you next time.